You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Malpractice is a scary word for physicians, but a great defense lawyer can provide the support to help reduce the anxiety. Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, healthcare provider and attorney, and with me is Donna Sokol, JD, medical malpractice defense attorney with her law firm, Hughes, Sokol, Piers, Resnick, and Dim. Mrs. Sokol has defended numerous multi-million dollar lawsuits involving brain damaged and impaired infants, as well as serious injuries and deaths involving adults and children. Donna has defended physicians in most medical specialties and has also arbitrated matters before the Departments of Professional Regulations on behalf of physicians. We are discussing what it means for a physician to be a medical malpractice defendant. Donna, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here. So how does a medical malpractice journey usually start for a physician? Well, the medical malpractice journey begins when the physician receives the bad news, uh, and that is as a result of a complication, a bad outcome, and he will either receive a phone call letting him know about a lawsuit that's being filed, or he or she will actually receive a summons and complaint with the allegations of negligence. So everything starts with a bad outcome for a patient. So what should a physician do when they have a patient that they know experiences a bad outcome? The physician should talk to the patient and the patient's family because one of the major reasons patients sue is when they feel they don't understand why there was a bad outcome. It has to do with a lack of communication. So the physician should take the time to sit down with the patient and the family and speak in very simple language, understandable terms, so that the patient understands that although there was a bad outcome, it doesn't translate into malpractice. So is there anything a physician should not do when they have a patient who's experienced a bad outcome? The physician shouldn't avoid the patient, obviously. They shouldn't act defensive or hostile. They should be very upfront, sympathetic, and compassionate without apologizing for the result. Okay, so having a discussion doesn't mean admitting I did something wrong. Exactly. And is there any words that you would tell a physician to use or not use in having this discussion with a family? The best approach is to be straightforward and not really worry about language other than avoiding words like, I'm sorry, or apologizing. So you said earlier that the first note that a physician might get is a summons or maybe even having the sheriff come to the office to uh, bring the malpractice suit. Is there some way to avoid having the sheriff come to your office? There is. If the physician knows about the lawsuit and is part of a hospital, the physician should contact risk management or their hospital counsel and have them accept service so that they don't have the embarrassment of a sheriff knocking at their door. If the physician also has an attorney, that attorney can accept service on behalf of the physician. So tell me what that means to accept service. It means that the lawyer will actually tell the plaintiff's lawyer, that they will file an appearance on behalf of the physician without causing the sheriff to actually go out and knock on the physician's office door. So if I tell my risk manager at the hospital or my malpractice attorney that I think this is going to happen, they'll contact the patient's attorney and say, don't send things to the office or don't send a person to the office, send it to us and we'll take care of it. Correct. And it usually avoids embarrassment. Is there any time when a physician might not know that that was happening? 
the physician should know most of the time that a lawsuit is going to be filed, but I imagine that there are circumstances where a physician may not know or may not be aware that they're going to be part of a lawsuit, and sometimes a sheriff coming to your door may not be able to be avoided under those circumstances. So once the summons is is received by either the physician or his or her representative, what happens next? The lawsuit begins, and the physician is then working with his or her attorney to prepare a defense and go through the phases of the lawsuit, including discovery and trial. And who selects the attorney for the physician? Usually, there is a panel counsel for an insurance company or for uh, a given hospital, and either the insurance company will select the lawyer or the hospital will select the lawyer. And do you have to accept the attorney that you're given? You don't have to. Generally, uh, an informed physician will ask either the insurance company or hospital if there is a list of attorneys, and the physician can do some investigation and decide which attorney on the panel counsel is best for them. So you said the first thing that happens is discovery. Can you define discovery for us and tell us what the parts of discovery might be? Discovery is where you learn about the other side's case. And discovery can occur through a number of modalities, including written discovery, which are interrogatories or just questions presented to the parties that they have to answer. But probably the most effective and well-known discovery tool is the discovery deposition, where a witness or a defendant or a plaintiff or experts are asked questions under oath and give answers. So tell us a little bit about what it's like for a physician to take a deposition. Depositions undoubtedly are scary procedures for physicians. And they're scary because you're asked to answer questions about your care. And a lot of times you feel like you're on the defensive and under attack or siege by a plaintiff's lawyer. So the most important thing is to be prepared and work with your lawyer so that you feel confident and comfortable and you're knowledgeable about the chart. So what does that preparation usually look like for a physician? To be very well prepared, it should take several days to prepare for the deposition, including knowing the chart and what exactly transpired with respect to the care of the patient, not only the physician's own care, but the care of other people who were involved, and working with the defense attorney to go through sample questions and answers so that the physician is comfortable and confident. During the deposition, who's with you as the physician? Your lawyer is always with you. So you're never by yourself in a deposition? Never by yourself. And is a deposition a legal proceeding? It is a legal proceeding, and it can be used and is used at trial for a number of things. One is the dreaded impeachment, so that if you give a different answer under oath at trial than you did at your deposition, the opposing lawyer can bring that to the attention of the jury and ask you which one is truthful. And that's how the deposition is most often used at trial. The other thing a deposition can be used for is simply to refresh your memory as to what you said at the time. And tell us some of the rules that happen in a deposition so a physician going into one would sort of understand what to expect. Well, the rules for depositions, obviously, are to be prepared, and you don't want to guess or speculate, and you want to be very succinct in your answer, giving yes or no's when you can. Should a physician who's in a deposition 
think about their answer to every question before they start to talk? Absolutely. And it's also important to remember to pause before giving an answer so that if there is an objection to be made to a question, if it's improper for some reason, uh, your attorney can jump in and interpose an objection. So it's like a legal proceeding in court in that there's objections. Is there a judge there at the same time? Usually there is not a judge, but if you get into some battles, you can ask a judge to preside over a deposition, but that's not very common. So you mentioned interrogatories, the written questions that get answered, and the depositions, which is some of the oral testimony. Is there anything else that takes place during discovery? Well, there are depositions of not only the parties, the plaintiff and defendant, but of treating physicians that may have been involved in the care, as well as experts. And in a medical malpractice case, an expert witness is required in order for the plaintiff to make a case. Who would be an expert witness for the plaintiff in a typical malpractice case? Would it be a physician like you? It would be a physician. An expert witness has to be a physician, usually in the same specialty as the physician that's being sued. And do they have to practice full-time? The rules are that you don't have to practice full-time, but you can't be retired for more than six years, at least in the state of Illinois, to be considered an expert witness. So after all the discovery is done, what usually happens? After the discovery is done, a decision needs to be made about settling the case or going to trial. And sometimes that decision is made earlier than after discovery is done. So how long does the typical medical malpractice case take from the time the sheriff comes to the office to the time everything is over? Depending on the complexity of the case, it could take anywhere from two years to five years. So as a physician, I'm going to be dealing with this for two to five years minimum? Most likely, at least in Cook County, Illinois, or any jurisdiction that has a very heavy docket. So how often do physicians end up settling or when they go to trial losing a malpractice case? Fortunately, physicians have been winning the majority of cases. And when I say majority, it's way more than 50%. It's in the range of 70 to 80%. How often would you say physician malpractice case gets settled before it goes to trial? I'm not sure about the statistic to that. Um, I would say that approximately 10 to 15 percent of cases go to trial, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're settled. They could be dropped by the plaintiff's lawyer or be dismissed based on motion practice. So do you get a sense early in a case where a lawsuit is going, and how do you make that decision? When you say early in the case, Bruce, it's probably six months down the road before you get a feeling where the case is going, but you get the feeling based on your conversations with the defendant physician, as well as our use of consultants in a variety of specialties who actually go through the records, analyze the case, and say, yay or nay, this is a winnable case, a defensible case, or this is something that has a lot of problems and probably will be settled. When you know that, do you sit down with the physician then and make a game plan for what you're going to do together? Absolutely. And the physician is always part of the entire process. It's really important to have a good relationship, an excellent relationship, and almost a friendship with the physician as a defense attorney. When you first meet a physician, What are they usually acting like or thinking or feeling when they're involved in a malpractice suit? Well, that's an interesting question because a psychiatrist long ago wrote a book called The Defendant, 
Her name is Dr. Sarah Charles, and she was describing her own reactions and emotions as the things that she felt when she was faced with a malpractice case. And I think the first thing is just frustration and anger because the physician feels like they had a good rapport with the patient, they did the right thing, and here they are faced with a lawsuit, and the patient is now the enemy and adversary when physicians are trained to be compassionate and sympathetic, and they just feel, I think, frustration and angered by the whole thing. Just as a patient needs a well-trained physician, a physician needs a well-trained defense attorney. I want to thank attorney Donna Sokol, who has been our guest discussing what it means for a physician to be involved in a medical malpractice situation. I am attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.